Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. Today, Thursday, July 23rd, 2020, is opening day for Major League Baseball. Uh, It's a very weird day, and it's something that should have happened in April, but obviously, due to COVID-19, it did not happen, but it's here. It's finally here. So on this podcast, I talked to one of the biggest Washington Nationals fan I know. Uh, He's been on the show many, many, many times. I've been on his shows. Uh, Jason Dick is on the show today, and we talk about baseball. Um, Baseball is a sport that we both love. Uh, If you don't know what baseball is, Google baseball for more information on baseball. If you don't know that COVID-19 is destroying things, we have a Patreon account for that reason. You could donate to that at youmethemeverybody.com and in the podcast description. This is the part where I'd say, like, play ball or take me out to the ball game or something like that. But uh, we will all be watching the game from the confines, the friendly confines of home. uh, Because uh, unless you're playing the game or covering the game, you should not be going to National Spark. And even if you are covering the game, why are you going to National Spark? You can't interview any of the players. It doesn't matter. Opening day is here. Jason Dick is on the show. Here's the show. The last time we spoke... Opening day was a giant question mark, and I think for a lot of baseball fans, it seemed like today would never come. And today is here. It's opening day, but it's also Thursday, July 23rd, 2020. It's the latest opening day in Major League Baseball history. Jason, are you glad that there's going to be a season? Yes, I am. And, you know, you, you mentioned last time we, we talked, I mean, it was... I was skeptical of it. I didn't know, you know, how I felt about it. I didn't know like what it would mean to have like a weird abbreviated season or, or something like that. And I, I am glad it's happening. And and I think that one of the reasons is that it seems like we are, you know, people, I think rightfully want things to go back to normal. Well, there is no normal anymore. And so there, but there is, and there can be adaptation. Uh, And so I think that we're, we really are, you know, on the precipice of like some severe structural changes in, in our society, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. And the way to retain our humanity is to find something that we can, uh, that can give us some joy and can think and offer something besides talking about infection rates and elections. Um, And I think that that, that's why it's a good thing. Uh, I'm a little, I'm worried <laughs> that uh, some of the protocols aren't strong enough for baseball. Um, I, th- I think that um, I think the players are doing. I, I think they're aware of how um, how serious this is. I mean, certainly you have people like who have gotten uh, uh, come down with the virus, like Freddie Freeman, talking out very openly about how dangerous it was, and how scary it is. But this traveling back and forth to cities makes me kind of nervous. You know, we've got an, a team, the Blue Jays, that are like still don't know where they're going to play uh, their their home, quote unquote, home games because Toronto said, nope, you can't play here. Uh, but I think that it is a good idea as long as it can be done relatively safely um, to, to, to do this because it, it reminds us that, you know, there is there is life. You know, there is we we still got some life in us. I am not a fan of the current plan of uh, teams playing in their home stadiums. I really don't understand it, especially because there will be no fans. Um, That being said, there is a giant asterisk there. Uh, In Chicago, uh, the Wrigleyville rooftops will be open, and almost all of the games have already been sold out uh, for quadruple the rates of their usual. Uh, And that makes sense because you will be the only people – able to watch a Cubs game at essentially at Wrigley Field. So there will still be that type of fan atmosphere at a, a handful of stadiums, which 
makes me think that inevitably Waveland and Sheffield and Chicago will become coronavirus hotspots whenever there's a Cubs game <laughs> for this reason. But, well, I, I mean, I think it de- it depends, too, on how they run, how those establishments, you know, mm-hmm. run, you know, run them and whether they insist on mask, whether they insist on safety. You know, I mean, we we do have a choice in, in the matter. Um, and, and I, I realize that everybody has their, uh, in, in how we conduct these things. And I mean, it would be nice if everybody was on the same page and said like, yes, I'm going to wear a mask because that's just like, that's the easiest thing you can do basically to, to really, you know, address the safety issue. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, um, I mean, I hope not. I mean, I, I was sort of bracing after the protests, you know, of the, uh, you know, right after George Floyd's uh, death in, mm-hmm. in May 25th here in DC and so forth for these huge spike in infections. And for the most part, we have not seen that. We have, we have not seen, um, you know, infections that, you know, spike, you know, that are stemming from those protests, which is amazing, I think, to, to me. Like, I, I still don't get it, like how that didn't happen. Because well, like I think that the, these protests were incredibly important and in no way celebratory. They, it wasn't a collection of people getting together to have a good time. It was a collection of people uh, getting together to have their voice heard in, in a way, and on a lot of voices that have never really been heard on a national scale before. So th- these are protests full of people that are not there to spend money and have a good time and have some encased meat where a game on a Wrigleyville rooftop couldn't be further from attending a protest. Most of these protests are daytime events. Most of these games are at night. All of the tickets are all you can drink, all you can eat, and they're in an enclosed space because, yes, you could be on the roof and watch the game. It's still very, very hot right now. I was at at a Wrigleyville game. Sorry, I was on a Wrigleyville rooftop last July on a day game. And I'd say like half the game I was inside, not because I didn't want to watch from the roof, but it was 90 plus degrees. And then with the humidity, it felt like over 100. So you're going to be in this enclosed space. All you can drink, all you can eat. No, even if you're going to have a mask on, we're all fibbing to ourselves that. You you just reminded me of of some of those like photos from from Chicago in the 70s and 80s where like Harry Carey didn't have a shirt on when he was calling the game (laughs) because they were only day games at that point. So yeah, I I don't ahead. know how you prevent that other than not allow it. Yeah, I I don't either. I mean, because you, you made me think like whether you know there are a couple of hotels uh, by Nat- Nationals mm-hmm. Park that have rooftops that I mean you need binoculars you know to see anything that's going on in the field at that point. Yes. But I wonder like how they're approaching it, and and again you know DC has been more careful mm-hmm. uh, there, about these things. We're still in phase two which means that, you know, indoor gathering spots are, are still very limited. Um, and, and, you know, for the most part, if you can open up outside, you, mm-hmm. you can and observe social distancing, you can open. But the mayor has been, you know, very uh, proactive about uh, and very conservative about reopening things. And I think it's starting to, you know, pay off, you know, that, that people, like you said, people are willing to, to do this. And I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's going to be that case in, in Chicago. Uh, I mean, you, I, I will not speak for Wrigleyville uh, or, or the folks, you know, attending those games. Um, but I, I, I look at it like, you know, I'm going to watch the Nationals-Yankees game tonight mm-hmm. uh, on television. And that's a bummer because I love to be there on opening day. I love the pageantry. You know, it's just fun. Um, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm not going near <laughs> a bar for a while. 
Um, and, and I think that, and that's not just, you know, for me or because I'm scared, but I just, you know, I'd, I'd rather sacrifice a month, mm-hmm. uh, of, of dreary social isolation than have this thing stretch into years, which I think it's an open question about what we're talking about now, like how long it's going to last. You and I have such a unique, uh, perspective on this because we could be there today as members of the press and I've covered opening day before and I was there the last time Scherzer uh, was given his Cy Young award and I know what it's like to cover opening day and it's this wonderful beautiful feeling of spring is here and the winter has gone away and there's hope because every team when there's 162 games in front of you has a chance and because there's 60 games not every team has a chance and the idea of hope right now seems absurd and the biggest question before this season every Nats home opener was will the president throw out the first pitch and he has yet to throw out the first pitch at any Washington Nationals game since becoming the president of the United States of America but today throwing out the first pitch for the Washington Nationals is Dr. Anthony Fauci and he's throwing it to Sean Doolittle and I can't think of a more liberal representative of the Washington Nationals than Sean Doolittle which is a pretty much complete 180 from their former uh, political spokesman, which was Ryan Zimmerman, who is sitting out this season. Now, you mentioned earlier that baseball is good because it's not politicized. Baseball is very politicized for the first time, and for the first time since I've been alive, on is gravitating more towards the left than the right. Um, what do you think about this as a lifelong baseball fan? Um, I mean, I think, you know, these things come and go. I mean, they, they, they go in waves. I mean, we've seen, you know, in, in baseball right now, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a huge, you know, like influx of players who are Latino, who are changing, you know, like changing the game, changing the way people uh, look at issues like immigration, uh, mm-hmm. because it, it literally, I mean, it really does affect them. I mean, like there were, um, you know, there, there were issues of getting players into the country uh, for summer camp and for, and for this season um, because of just like, you know, because of the virus, but you know, th- this is that, that changes things. If you just have a predominantly like sort of Southern and white, um, you know, game. And, and again, you know, we, we, that the, the influx that, that huge, like baseball is a very conservative place that wasn't always there either because, you know, for a long time we had blacks from the inner city uh, and, and the South who were, who made up a, a significant part of major league baseball. Um, you know, I, I'll say this about Zimmerman. I mean, Zimmerman, you know, he, he was, you know, like out front and in, in saying, thank you, Mr. President, for keeping us safe, stuff mm-hmm. like that, when the Nationals visited the, the White House. Uh, and Kurt Suzuki certainly seemed to didn't mind being manhandled by the by the president uh, uh, on the uh, at that ceremony. But Zimmerman also, you know, had this like um, this this Instagram interview, this Instagram story interview with with Fauci mm-hmm. uh, in which they talked about it. And, and I'll you know, whether regardless of what his politics are, he doesn't seem um somebody who's going to like sort of denigrate science uh and 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 like the the expertise of people like Fauci and I think some of that is related to the fact that he has struggled uh, with his health with his physical health and also his mother has MS Mm. uh and he didn't I mean he he made the choice to sit out the season because he didn't want to expose his mother Mm -hmm. who's uh you know in a medically fragile situation and also he's got like little kids Mm -hmm. uh so uh on Doolittle, you're right. I mean, nobody else is more um, like sort of forward in their beliefs, uh, particularly like, you know, more liberal beliefs than Sean Doolittle on the team. But I, I just I don't think he's alone. 
I think it's tougher for some of the the uh, some of the, some players to speak up in the same way that Doolittle does because they're not U.S. citizens uh, and maybe they don't feel they don't feel as safe uh, as like a white guy, <laughs> you know, does uh, in a, a white rich guy does uh, in in saying like, nope, I'm not going to the White House and yeah. this is wrong. And by the way, you need to get your act together on the testing. I mean, Doolittle was one of the first people to say, hey, why can't we get our tests like the, in the contractually, you know, uh, called for way of, so that we can be safe here. And you know what? Major League Baseball got their shit together after that. And and that's good. You know, I mean, like Doolittle is the type of person who you want to speak out. Uh, and I think it's even less like a liberal thing. And it's more just like a human thing uh, for him. Oh, for him. Yeah, I, I will not speak to someone's motivations because those are impossible. But in terms of his personal politics and the organizations he supports, I think it's more than fair to say he is a very liberal human being. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. Now, like this... his, you know, his wife, his wife has two moms, mm -hmm. you know, and he's been very upfront about that. And I think he cited that as a reason he didn't want to, you know, countenance being around Trump. And he also, when he was on the A's, like they bought out an entire section of Pride Night once uh, it was a whole debacle. And that's kind of what put him on my spot, uh, my radar, because if you're able to make it on the A's and like get the nation's attention, like good for you. That's really tough to do. <laughs> um, this is interesting. And I find this inc it's not offensive to me in any way. It's just interesting considering uh, the poor job MLB has done uh trying to have the best athletes, specifically the best black athletes in their game. Um, mm -hmm. This is from a Nationals press release. The Nationals, in conjunction with Major League Baseball, stand with the Black Lives Matter movement and will utilize the platform and national stage of opening day to express support for the fight against systematic racism and injustice. As one element of this effort, a Black Lives Matter slash MLB stencil will appear on the pitcher's mound during opening weekend games. Now, um, you and I have, are baseball fans since we've been kids. Uh, when we were kids, the game looked a lot more like America when it came to uh, racial, um, uh, yeah, when it came to race. Uh, it was more reflective of it. And since then, there's been fewer and fewer black players in the game, and the black players that are in the game don't tend to hail from this country. Big, big switch. Um, most clubs only have like one or two black players at best. Uh, right. Do you think that this type of demonstration will help the game will it help fans or will it just anger older white fans and because that's the majority of baseball fans i mean i i certainly i think that there will be you know some some backlash i mean i've seen that show up you know among some of uh you know some people that i know there that they don't think that there's a, a place for um, for Black Lives Matter or for addressing this kind of stuff like, you know, uh, Gabe Kapler did uh, when he took a knee at the Giants A's mm -hmm. exhibition the other night. Um, and and so there's there's always that risk. But I think, I mean, taking away the is it right or wrong, the moral aspect of it, I, I can't help but think that almost every organization, particularly multi-billion dollar you know, organizations do some sort of cost benefit analysis mm -hmm. and say, this makes, this is not only the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do, but like, this is the, um, this is the thing that we, in order to have 
people look more favorably upon us and be willing to to spend money to be a part of a major league baseball experience or so that that we have to be uh you know associated with this and so like nike did that you know mm-hmm. with colin kaepernick and and you know we had this we were treated to this sort of spectacle of people you know like uh, uh junking all of their nike gear i mean they obviously you know in at nike you know they somebody ran the numbers and said like we may lose these people, but we're going to gain these people. Oh yeah, uh, and and so I, I can't help but think, you know, that at, at some at some level, you know, somebody said like I, you know, we have to do this uh, because if we we can't let the only people who come to our games be like older, you know, people, older white people. That's a that's kind of a that's a losing proposition for the future. Uh, and, you know, baseball has been m- losing younger people, uh, you know, for a long time. They've mm-hmm. particularly been using younger black people for a long time. I don't know if this is going to be the thing that says like, more people are going to say like, hey, I'm going to play. I think it has a lot to do also with the fact that, you know, uh, you, you need like facilities, you know, to, to make baseball yeah. players. You need you need like, you know, practice fields and you need like schools that have like good athletic programs, uh, not starve for resources and not starve for baseball fields and so forth. Um, you know, like that's that's the economics of it. So but, I, you know, I think that people will notice. I mean, like, the, you know, they, they were they're among, you know, the first MLS started playing uh, Major League Soccer started mm-hmm. playing. Um, but like major league baseball has a little bit bigger profile, um, certainly on, in the media and people are watching. And I think that they were just like, we can't not acknowledge that like everything has changed this year. Speaking of everything changing, you didn't mention that giants exhibition game. And of course, uh, there was a tweet about it from Trump, uh, looking forward to live sports, but anytime I witness a player kneeling during the national anthem, a sign of a great disrespect for our country and our flag, the game is over for me. That's all of them. There's no more games left then because baseball was one of the last to not have anyone really speaking out on a major level. It's gone. It's part of it now. And so all sports for the first time are now performative examples of uh, social justice at this point. Um, Even NASCAR. NASCAR Even NASCAR. That's what I mean. Baseball was the last one. That is very surprising to me. Of all the things that have happened in 2020, that's maybe top five most surprising. Because yeah, and and go I, ahead, and please. It, it, yeah, it begs a question of like, okay, who, like, if somebody's going to say like, all right, I'm not, I'm never going to watch a major league baseball game again. Well, okay, now I'm not going to watch the NFL. Okay, now I'm not going to watch NASCAR. I mean, like, what, what are you going to watch? I guess like, golf. I mean, did it, I meant? Did has any? <laughs> has, and I'm, I'm not joking. Has any major golfer? taking a knee i can't think of one but i don't think that there's the anthem played before a tournament because tea time is at the same time that's not how golf works so i don't think is there a is there a sport where the anthem is played and someone hasn't said something because even in hockey players have spoken out about racial injustice so yeah i don't i i'm i don't know and i'm not familiar enough with golf with with the way the pga works to know what the sort of opening type ceremonies things are and so forth i mean i mean i, I don't know about tennis either but you know because tennis is sort of diffused uh mm-hmm. among so many different countries that it's i mean i'm sure they play god save yeah, the but so in major Wimbledon. sports with teams they're all right. even in nascar counts as a team sport too so like yeah there's nothing left it's kind of if you are on this side of history you have to be a little bit happy about that because that's not how it used to be. Right. Right. And, and you know, I, I mean, I, I recall also like there, you know, there was a, 
I think it was last year. God, it seems, I mean, time is, has lost a lot of meaning in the last few months. But you and I were at a Nationals game. It was a Nationals-White Sox game. Yeah. And it was during, uh, I think it was Pride Night. It was Pride Night, uh, yes. Or, or, yeah. And and we had this discussion, and, and it is stuck with me, you know, a lot, which is that, you know, regardless of, um, regardless of what Trump, you know, has has done to the government or the way he's changed politics, look at what's going on in the field. Like two guys just got engaged um, mm-hmm. on a major league baseball diamond yeah. uh, in in the in the middle innings. Like the culture has changed. We are not going back. Um, and I, I mean, I, that, like I said that that's really stuck with me because you know, like the um, you know, you're not the most hopeful person. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, when 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 you say something like that uh, that has that you know kind of moment of like moral clarity, you know, moral clarity, it was just really like, and and it's it's, it's relatively optimistic. I mean, it's it's really. I mean, it kind of affected me. I, th- I think that we are um, we could not have imagined then how fragile things would feel now. Um, but I think that that's a good way of of like sort of framing it is that we were um, we were headed this way, you know, because of you know a lot of people were courageous uh, in in their beliefs, in their sexuality, uh, in in you know just being who they are and and were. And I think that you know, you know, teams like the Nationals and others were uh, were right to recognize that. And so, like, this isn't—it doesn't come out of just nowhere. It doesn't just come out of George Floyd. Um, but I think it's also important to to maintain, like, that what once you start saying this is what I believe in, you you usually don't get to stop. I mean, you're you're going to be challenged, particularly in times that are challenging. That's fair. Let's talk about the actual game. Oh, that, that, that. <laughs> the, the, the Nats uh, are the defending World Series champions, and it's difficult to repeat in any sport, especially so in baseball. It hasn't happened for a long time. This is a season no one has seen before. The Nats had a historically slow start. I think it's the biggest turnaround, actually. Uh, I think so, yeah, 19 and 31 yeah. you know, in, in May. Just a brutal, you know brutal start and if you're 19 and 31 after the first 50 games and there's only 60 games you're not making the playoffs this year correct so the nats uh like every other team you need a fast start you need to be you need to be a winner from the jump and that's kind of the beauty of baseball you don't usually have to um what are your hopes i mean i know your hopes but what are your what's your prediction for the 2020 washington nationals i um i mean i don't see them um, repeating as champions uh, because I, I think that the uh, as much as uh, I loved that team last year, um, it is hard to you know strike that particular kind of lightning twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, th- there was just a, a combination of you know old and young and experienced and inexperienced and grit, you know, like that all came together at once. And you know, we're just missing. Listen to me, we, you know, I'm such a fanboy. Um, the the Nationals are missing some very key elements of that because you know, for for everybody like you know Ryan Zimmerman uh, and Howie Kendrick, you know, the, these kind of these old, old horses, you know, who, who saddled up for this, there was also, you know, Juan Soto <laughs> and, uh, and Victor Robles and, and Trey Turner. 
and you know you had like this these you know older catchers who who maintained like a really good battery there with with gomes and suzuki but you also had just this you know you had a superstar pitchers in in scherzer and strasburg and corbin and then you you had like you know really i i think the mvp uh, of the national league last year anthony rendon uh you know there's this like just this implacable like i mean just just this force of nature and so it all came together and i just don't know if you can do that you know again like and i i'm i'm you know it's very easy to be like sentimental and say like oh it can happen again like let's sign kendrick to another one-year deal let's sign danny hudson to another one-year deal and so forth and i think that's that shows a loyalty to them as Mm -hmm. professionals and certainly they're going to perform at high levels but you know, Zimmerman's not playing. Rendon plays for the Angels. Um, he might you know, not we, even be playing because he's still not 100%. Right. So, I mean, it just, you know, it. I just think that, I mean, there's question marks like Carter Keboom, you know, is supposedly our third baseman. I mean, he's pretty unproven. Like, you know, you get some, you know, new people. A, a former Cub, uh, Sterling Castro. I mean, I think he's, he's pretty good, but I don't think he can carry a team, you know. <laughs> uh, and he certainly, I mean, he's a good player, but he's not. The I mean, there's a reason why Theo and the Cubs got rid of him uh, yeah. in the shakeup, and he does not have a ring. So, yeah, I don't think he's the answer. But this is such a giant question mark season. Yeah. Um, I, you, The Nats tonight are taking on probably the AL favorites to go to the World Series of the New York Yankees. But yeah. if the Yankees are anything like – in the past few years, um, their two biggest hitters are probably going to be hurt within the next 10 days because that seems to happen to the Yankees. And with yep. this shortened season with very like a very weird spring training slash summer training, uh, no, like how is the body going to react to this? Right, right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I – I feel like, you know, the Yankees, like you said, they, they just seem kind of fragile. Um, like the, you know, they, I mean, they did get Garrett Cole, you know, amazing which is pitcher. perfect. And that, yeah. And that's another thing too. Like these pitchers are going to be fresher in the postseason, uh, which is scary to think like how good people like Cole and Strasburg, you know, were at the end of the season. Like think about it, if they were like pitching mid season, you know, in mid season form. Um, Garrett Cole last year played for the Houston Astros. Garrett Cole, uh, because he played for the Houston Astros, is considered a cheater to a lot of people in sports. And the fact that the Nationals are uh, first game in 2020 is facing one of the most recent pitchers they've seen in the 2019 World Series. Do you think there's a likelihood of anyone from the Nats charging the mound tonight? I doubt it. You know, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I, I think that. Um, I, I mean, I, I was, I would be hard pressed to think of like some old bull, you know, who would do it. I mean, like, you know, Zimmerman's not playing, but I don't think that that's not really his style. Mm-hmm. It's not really Howie Kendrick's style either. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Castro. I mean, like, you know, Castro is this like C plus player, right? I mean, he, he doesn't do anything to get hurt. He doesn't really light things on fire. He just hits 275 every year and never makes errors. You know I mean? Like, so th- that doesn't, the mentality doesn't seem to be there. I mean, like maybe, I don't know, like even, even people who have the potential to get kind of hot headed, like, you know, like Robles, I just don't, I think that he's too concerned with like winning, you know? And, and also that's like the biggest, like what better, like sort of diss is there to just like ignore it. <laughs> I mean, like, or, or to, so, or to be okay, like, so there's to be like Soto and just be like, you know what? I'll take you deep. Yeah. So there's one <laughs> team in the entire league that feels okay about this. And that's the Nats. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. They, I mean, I feel like they're, they have so many guys who are just like, 
you know, much more even keeled and just willing to, to beat you on the field mm-hmm. um, that they just don't. I mean, like if Harper or Worth were still on the team, maybe <laughs> uh, because those are the kind of those guys that are either hot-headed or are enforcers, sure. but I just don't see those, those, we don't have those kind of guys. Do uh, you I, I think, think that any team is going to be able to pull this off without any call-ups from the minors because there are no minors this year. The Dodgers. Yeah. So you think the Dodgers <laughs> Dodgers are your pick to click? Like that's who you think is going to run the table? I I mean, they're the ones certainly who are in the best position to do so. I mean, like, you know, having Bellinger and Betts in the same outfield just feels like it shouldn't, you know, be allowed. <laughs> because it's not like – uh, you're not talking about Stanton and Judge, who are these two like Home run monsters. You know, like they're they're these two like you know just beefy dudes who like hit a lot of home runs. But like if they run into a wall, like they're done. You know, for like a month, right? You know, like and and you know bets will just come up on a wall and he'll just jump over it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I mean, like these are these are like these guys are are different kinds of athletes than that they're less brute force and they're just they're smart and i you know again i don't want them to win like they but they seem like the ones who are the most equipped to is there any uh team you're looking forward to watching in an empty stadium um on tv obviously yeah no uh i mean i don't want to i don't i actually don't want to see any of the empty stadiums but like i tell you what i really want to see and it's it's I, I haven't looked at the schedule closely enough to see, like, I don't think that the nationals play the giants. Uh, no, they don't. They don't, uh, the, the way, but, the way but, it's yeah. working out. Yeah. That's another weird thing. Geographic. Yeah. yeah. So this is a totally unpredictable route. Everyone's got a DH now. So yeah, right. you're interested to see San Francisco. I want to see San Francisco because they're all as old as I am. <laughs> I mean, you've got the Panda, you've got Hunter Pence. I mean, it's, awesome like these guys are so old and i just want to see it and it's also like as my san francisco giant friends tell me it's an even year so who knows they, they can yeah. get it anyway <laughs> i'm going to be watching uh i'll be watching as many uh cubs and white Sox games as possible probably more white Sox games because the cubs have not figured out their brand new cable network because they're doing yankee oh, vision it's such a bad idea i'm yeah. very i'm rooting against them hardcore and uh, even though they're my team, that's just how it works. Um, I, I hope there's a. I I I expressed my my uh, fear of of no baseball because I thought if there's no baseball, it'll be the easiest thing to say we shouldn't have an election. And right. now my new fear is baseball not finishing the season and then not having an election until 2021. Uh. Yeah, I but before before I get to deep seated existential fears about the no election, (laughs) I just want to say one last thing about about that about baseball, which is that two teams that are probably the best equipped to deal with this new world are the Marlins and the Rays because they never had fans to play in front of anyway. So I mean, like you know, I mean, going going down to the Tropicana Field a few years ago, it was like a Friday night and the gate was 9,000 people and there were not 9,000 people there on a Friday night. I had the same experience. I was there last year on a weekend. It was the same thing. It's crazy. So they're used to not not playing in front of people or, or having, there may be more noise for the Marlins uh, with the fake crowd noise than they ever got it with the, with the real fans. (laughs) 
<laughs> that might legitimately be an advantage. You're joking? Because they, they're just you, used to it. Yeah. yeah. You have no idea. I have no idea. No one has any idea. That's why it's so fascinating. Uh, uh, but back to the deep-seated fears of the of uh, of doing away with the election. I mean, one one thing that we have going for us mm-hmm. uh, is that you know the federal government does not administer the election. Um, oh, okay. And so and so you know the states administer the election, and so things can get obviously very messy. Uh, look, you know, at uh, Wisconsin this year. Look at Florida in two thousand during the presidential election. I mean, we have somebody who. Uh, likes to play by his own rules in the White House, but you know states administer their own elections, and and I just I think that it's it's hard to sort of um, pull together a vast conspiracy, mm-hmm. you know, you know, kind of top down autocracy when you know you have all these different states running the show themselves. Is there any way that you've changed your day to day? Okay, for the listener at home, what is your job? I am a political journalist. I'm the deputy editor at Roll Call newspaper, um, and deputy editor for news at CQ Roll Call, the combined newsroom. Has your job, everyone's job, has either changed dramatically or has been gone? So, uh, does any of it mirror uh, the sports reaction? Does it, do you find any similarities to either the MLB, NBA, or NHL returning, and what you're doing on a day to day basis, or is this analogy completely stupid? No, it's not. It uh, because you know we, um, you know my my workplace has been very cautious about uh, thinking that making people uneasy about uh, or putting them in situations that they don't want to be in, uh, and and so I've been very careful about managing a team of reporters on Capitol Hill. We make sure that we limit their exposure there, that they're safe, that they have personal protective gear, um, that you know that we don't you know, put it all on one person or two people, you know, to be there all the time. We rotate things. Um, that was a real logistical uh, adjustment. It was it was difficult to pull that off, especially, you know, like from, from home managing those folks. I mean, luckily I'm on Capitol Hill, so it's not, it's, it's less abstract because I could just ride my bike, you know, mm-hmm. like over to the Capitol and see it and, and be reminded that it's there. Um, it, it has been, I mean, it sucks, you know, like I, I don't like being in my bedroom as my office, as my podcast studio, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, like I, I would much rather have my personal space returned to me and, and you know, my wife and my stepson. But I also realized that like, you know, sometimes that's just not, that's not going to be the case for a while. And it is important to get on, uh, to, to adjust and to, you know, kind of adapt to this world uh, because, you know, the, the alternative is not adapting to it um, and not being okay, like with, you know, and going kind of crazy. And so, um, you know, it, it, half a, half a, you know, a loaf is better than none at all, I think. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that I'm able to still, I'm one, I'm just grateful that I'm still employed, that there's still um, a, 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 you know, people want to know about the news and my company has been willing to, you know, continue to, to, to adjust, to deal with like a loss of advertising revenue, a loss of, of people spending money and so forth. I mean, so I'm, I'm really, you know, happy that I get to keep doing what I think is important work and, and be paid for it. Um, and it is, it's weird because like, I feel like, you know, this is not, this is not normal, you know, like I'm again, my, you know, 
my bed <laughs> is three feet away from me right mm -hmm. now. Uh, and, and like, I have this like sort of improvised situation where my laptop is on top of my printer, you know, right, right now next to a couple of external mics, but it's, it's better than despair, you know, and I, I don't know how I would adjust, um, uh, to, to not being able to work. Let's end with baseball. Uh, what do the Nats do this year? You know, I, I think that they are actually pretty capable of, of, you know, getting into the playoffs. I don't know what happens after that, but like when you have as good a pitching staff as they do and you know, the, the, the steadiness of, of the team, you know, the, they, they did lose some steadying presences in, in Rendon and, and Zimmerman, but, but they still have people like, like Kendrick and they still have people like, you know, Gomes and they, they still have Scherzer and, you know, it, it's just a, it's a fun team to watch. I mean, I, I think that Juan Soto is one of those people who we will, we will keep watching years after he retires, you mm -hmm. know, because he is so fun to watch and he's, and part of that is that he's having fun. Uh, and that's just infectious. It's kind of like watching, you know, when, when Brett Favre was in his prime, you know, mm -hmm. he was just like, he was just like a little kid out there. Um, so I think that they can get into the playoffs. I don't know if they, I mean, if they get like lucky again and are able to get past the Dodgers, I would be the happiest man. Like if that happened, I just don't think it's going to, it's going to, um, but I think that they make a pretty good run of it uh, because they're just, they're, they're pretty steady. Uh, and if everybody stays healthy, they've got a, a, a pretty good shot at, at like, you know, being in that kind of top tier, but I just, another world series ring. It'd be great, but I just, I, I wouldn't bet on it. Who's in the world series. Um, I think it is the Dodgers. Uh, and you know, I just can't, I can't wrap my head around, you know, like who from the AL, because like, obviously, you know, it'd be easy to say the Yankees, mm -hmm. but like in all seriousness, like I could see it being the Rays, you know, mm -hmm. who like, they're just like, we're just going to keep winning down here. <laughs> yeah. And I could see your white Sox too. Like, I mean, the white Sox are they, looking good. Yeah, I mean, like they have, they you know, they've got Giolito. Mm -hmm. They picked up Dal Dallas Keuchel. You know, they Yasmani Grandal. I mean, like that's a steady. Like they they brought in people who only improved mm -hmm. everything. You know, and I just, I mean, I think it could be more of a surprise like that because you know people like the White Sox. You know, like before, if if the, if a team like the Yankees isn't careful, like a, th a team like the White Sox just comes and just shivs them. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. I think Major League Baseball wants that Dodgers Yankees matchup. Uh, yeah, but like a Chicago LA one wouldn't be so bad either. You know, I mean, uh, it depends on the Chicago and LA teams. I I don't know if they'd be happier with Dodgers Sox or with Cubs Angels. I really don't. How about White Sox Angels? Just screw everybody. Yeah, <laughs> they were doing or, an all or, AL World Series. Or or we do a a, a Marlins Tampa World Series. <laughs> Ever, Everglades yeah. series <laughs> and they're the only people in Florida without coronavirus <laughs> good luck oh man yeah 